Hi, I'm Lucy Porter. And I'm Alexi Bolden. And, and this, this is, is Academia. Academia. Okay, huge news. What? By the time this episode airs, by the time you, dear listener, have my voice in your little ear holes, mm. I will be a tattooed woman. <gasps> welcome, welcome. I'm not tattooed at all, but welcome to the, <laughs> to the culture of having your body modified. <laughs> but, but it feels like you would be. It's like, yeah, you exist within the realm of somebody who would have a tattoo. Yes, I listen to alternative music. I only watch comics turned <laughs> animation. Yeah, it's kind of my thing. I've got piercings I'm up the wazoo. Getting a dainty little tattoo on my ankle. Okay, slutty. Okay. Slutty. <laughs> you and Ellen, you got different. Yeah, I'm me, my mom, and my sister are all getting matching tattoos. Uh, at this time of recording, it'll be in like four days. I'm feeling very excited about it. Do you think you're someone who like this is going to break that, that, um, what is it called? Like that wall for you? Once you get this, it's going to be just tattoo no, city. I don't think so. I, I will say I've met a lot of people who like have really like dainty artistic tattoos. Like I worked with um, this producer on that Food Network show who had like these little star tattoos on her hands that almost just looked like they were drawn and sort of like placed all over. And I thought that was really cool. Like almost like little freckles, but they were stars. I thought that was really cool. And things like that I'm more drawn towards. I know, but again, and I feel like I like that, but because I'm 25, I don't know Mm. if that's something that I want to take with me forever and always. Yeah. Like a John Green novel. I like this now, but I don't know if this will stay with me for eternity. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe now will be our always. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so I did the thing because I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted it on my like wrist or my ankle. But what it is, it's going to be the numbers one, four, three. So my family says one, four, three for like, I love you. Mm-hmm. I has one letter, love has four letters, you has three letters. So like yeah. my mom will sign all of her texts one, four, three. So we're doing, I will have one in my dad's handwriting, four in my mom's handwriting, and three in my sister's handwriting. That's so cute. And so was, isn't it really cute? Yeah. I was going to do it on my wrist, but that felt a little Holocaust. So I was like, you know what? Let's not even mess around with placing numbers near the wrist. Yeah, lest your Jewish Let's, ancestors pop up. And and here's the thing, couldn't be less Jewish. I know it's going to shock I a know. lot of people. <laughs> Throwback to <laughs> annoyance level one when I'm in my improv class and people are going around just hanging out and everyone turns to me and says, Lucy, what was your bat mitzvah theme? And I said, oh, I didn't have one. And they're like, that's so sad. You didn't have a bat mitzvah. And I'm like, no, I'm just straight up not Jewish. <laughs> it would have been weird if I did have a bat mitzvah theme. <laughs> I, I love asking my friends. Like, what, I, I love finding out what my friends' bat mitzvah themes were. It really gives insight on into who they are now and who you thought you would be when you were a yes. teenager. Um, and I know so many people with like Broadway theme bat mitzvahs. Oh, that's actually overwhelmingly. So I'm actually very excited to bring in the guest and ask him what his bar mitzvah theme was. Oh, <laughs> uh, can we bring them on now? Because they, they look like they have a little secret. 
Yeah, a little, a little smirk as we start talking about the mitzvah of it all. Well, okay, without further ado, please welcome, I'm so excited for this guest. This is comedian, writer, producer, friend, Danny Marshall. Hi. Thanks for having me. Immediately, what was your bar mitzvah theme? My bar mitzvah theme was was Danny's Destinations, and it was travel theme. <laughs> Danny, Danny, please. <laughs> I chose the wrong time to take a sip of water. Yeah. That's actually yeah, so you good. Did. You did. Now, did you get a little passport when you came in? Uh, it was, were there little little stations? There were tickets. They were they were like plane tickets <laughs> for which table you were yes. at. And each table was a different city in the country or uh for for a for a thirteen year old, I thought I was very well traveled, and I've I wasn't. Ugh. But it was it was mostly domestic locations with a few international locations. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was um, all like everyone sat at a different city table where I went, and it was all pictures of me and my family around wow. the country. And yeah, there was a little ticket that said like your destination was the city and your name and your your table number and whatnot. Oh my God, the theming. That's stunning. The crazy thing was that, um, so my, my uh, giveaway was uh, like a, a throw blanket and uh, my initials are DLM, which is similar to KLM, the airline. So we kind of spoofed that logo mm. and made it, so it was a plane theme. But my, this is crazy. We are actually <laughs> recording today on the 15th anniversary of my bar mitzvah today. Are you a Scorpio? No, I'm I'm a Libra, but they it's a pushback. It's a few months after my birthday, but um, wow! Today is the 15th anniversary of my bar mitzvah, and um, not to date this podcast, but the numbers of the thing of the date, and I'm from New York, are too close to 9/11 that we had to write <sighs> NOV instead of 11. And then uh-huh. so the flight was like three letters and three numbers. So it was N-O-V-9-0-8. And because uh-huh. if we did 11-9, we know people. We were there. We were all there. And it was only yes. seven years post that. So um, that was an executive decision to not have 11-9 on, on, an, on an airplane logo. KLM PTSD. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, also, shout out to you not getting a, a number tattoo anywhere on the lower arm. That's a great move. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I am an ally. And yeah. also for like acting, that you don't have to cover it up. Like no. on your, like you, it's on your ankle. You just have the costume uh, yes. and some pants. Yeah. The wardrobe fit you with some pants. Fully respect. That. I'm now a good I- person and I'm hireable. Yeah, exactly. And now I regret. I don't regret, but I, um, I'm sad that. My my topic wasn't bar mitzvahs because boy do I have so much experience going and party. Damn! Next yeah. time, next time we'll next get time. you on. Next yeah, time, yeah, we'll, we'll get do, you back. Yeah, we'll do bar mitzvahs. But to get closer to what your topic is today, Danny, we have to go into our first segment of the podcast, which is yes. the IQ test. Hell yeah! Now, Danny, we here at Academia want to take a stance against the historical IQ tests that are rooted in the practice of eugenics. Ew. 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 Get we them pause, out of here. We pause Bye. to say ew. ew. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Because we here at Academia have created our own IQ test based on friendship and kindness and party themes. And so here uh-huh. today, we're going to give you a little quiz, a little quiz, a little pop quiz, because we know you're smart, but the listeners just want to know, too. Sure. Let's yes, we have to do it for them. For it has them. nothing to do with how we feel about you. It's all about them. They're vicious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cutthroat. So without further ado, Alexi, take it away. Danny. If a sphinx is a mix of a woman and a lion, what is a Jar Jar Binks a mix of? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, can you, a Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. Jar Jar, I was trying to do the voice. No, 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 I got it. I got it. <laughs> what? Uh, well, obviously what it's, it's half Gungan, like half the species. Are you asking who Jar Jar Binks is or Jar Jar? I'm, I'm just asking the question and however you interpret that is up to you. Okay, uh, half, half Gungan, and then half is who's Jaja Gabor? Is that a person? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's a person. Right. That is a person. Couldn't half. tell you who or what they yeah. do, but that is a person. Me neither. Mm. But that's what it is. Thank you. Rock yeah. on, Danny. Which weighs more, one pound of feathers? Or the guilt of what you wish you would have said to that one special person? The mm. guilt, no question. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that later. I could bench a, a pound of feathers any day. Easy. The yeah. guilt crushing. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, if one in the hand is worth two in the bush, how much should we pay our gardeners? Twice minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Whatever your, your local state says it is, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Which of the following dog breeds is not an actual dog breed? Rhodesian Ridgeback, Doolin Shepherd, or the Norwegian Lundhound? Ooh. This is a trick. None of them are dogs. Two of them are dogs. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then the first one. Then the first one. The Rhodesian Ridgeback is a real dog. The Norwegian Lundhound is a real dog. I made up the Doolin Shepherd. Damn. Damn. Next time. I thought Next there was time. no wrong answers in this, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, suddenly Danny's mad at us. He's coming for our podcast. Yeah, I'm He's just like, hoodwinked. I think I'm going to leave the show now. <laughs> that's fair. You'll be the first to do it. Danny, if the enemy to my <gasps> enemy is my friend, what does that make the friend to my enemy? Uh, uh, I just got to keep an eye on that person because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but like, whoa, slow down there, pal. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Danny, final question. If Braintree is a cute little town in England, where is Spinebush and what's the vibe? Mm. Mm. Spinebush, uh, Spinebush is a small town in Pennsylvania where there are just a lot of weak people. Um, just like mm. no, no one's going to confront anyone about anything. There's just a lot of no. a lot of issues, but everyone's like, "No, oh, no, that's fine, that's fine," um, and that's because no one has spines. The spines are in the bush. Mm. That's good. Weak that's good. town. That's yeah, good. Weak town. Yeah, yeah. The 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 uh, people from like Jersey and Ohio and Delaware call it weak town, but the Pennsylvanians are like, "No, no, no, it's spine bush. It's spine bush." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Danny, congratulations. You passed. You did it. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Brilliant guest. Another brilliant guest on this very podcast. How does it feel to be an official academic? 
Uh, it's the best I've felt in years. Wow. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. Yeah. I want to sit with that. Thank you, but I guess. Was- so now that we all are on the same page about our academic capabilities, um, I do want to pose a question, and that question is, Danny, what has academia ignored for too long? Academia has ignored many things, many wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Um, Say that. M- most of which, most of which, you know, could be replaced, especially with you know computers and the internet. You know, we don't need half of what we do there. You know, who needs geometry proofs? Not me. Um, but what I think overall, the biggest thing academia has left out is the knowledge, the how-to, the uh, expertise of how to properly enjoy your time at the Disney theme parks. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I've been to Disney. I've been to both of the Disney's. Uh, I've been to the Drag. California Disney. <laughs> I've been to the California Disney twice. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the Florida Disney once. Okay. Um, and I remember both times just waiting in lines as long as the eye can see, as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. And just kind of being bored. Yeah. I remember Universal has like interactive things throughout. And it, yes, it does repeat. But I was more entertained at Universal than I was at Disney. Interesting. So do you have any mm-hmm. tips, tricks? How, yeah. to, how to entertain yourself at line? Like that's my biggest issue. Sure. Well, okay. Um, entertaining yourself in line. Um, the first thing is, is, is people watching, um, is, is assuming you're not alone is to, you know, create narratives. Um, cause there's definitely a few adults sobbing nearby and, um, you can like, you know, <laughs> just, just figure out what the story is there. Um, I will say, um, heads up is the, uh, ultimate, there is at least, oh my uh, God, there's at least. Heads Up exists just for amusement park That's lines. That's literally all it's for. Is <laughs> An uh, awkward family yes. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Fuck. Uh, is, is heads Up. But I will say, it's interesting that you say that because Disney prides themselves on the the narrative of their attractions. They're not rides. They're attractions uh, because they're – oh, that I'm eye correct. roll. Oh, that eye roll. Uh, I, I rolled really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they uh, – Mike picked it up. They are um, – <laughs> They, they're trying to uh, have the story as a part of the queue. They're trying to – the newer ones. I don't know when, when – when was the last time you were at a park, I guess? When I was like 17. So, God, I'm 24 now. How many years is that? Seven? Sure, sure. So so the, the hope is that they had more interactive queues that have stories. There's jokes. There's things to hint at what's to come and you're always supposed to – you know, you zigzag through, so it seems like you're always moving, which you are always moving, but you're kind of moving in negative space. It's kind of this liminal mm-hmm. n- nowhere. Does that answer? <laughs> it does. Okay. <laughs> I, do feel like, I do feel like a lot of your boredom, Alexi, is your own responsibility. Like, the, <laughs> the fact that you were disengaged, I think, is because you weren't engaging with the space. Mm. That's interesting to say. Um, because the amount of money that you spend going to these parks, you better <laughs> freaking have some people, you better have costumes every turn of this line. Mm, um, so mm. I disagree with the fact that you're supposed to entertain yourself at an attraction at a theme park. Theme well, sure. are, the, I, I think that a lot of them, they'll have, you know, either set up for what the, the ride is going to be of it's always mm-hmm. every ride is this is what's going to happen. Nothing can possibly go wrong. You get on the ride, the thing goes wrong and you have to get your way out of it. <laughs> Um, 
So it's a lot of that kind of thing. It's also kind of mm-hmm. putting you in the world of that thing, of, of the movie that they're kind of yeah. uh, to really theme it up. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of it also um, use that that idle time to plan the next thing because your time is precious. Mm. You got to figure out you don't want to waste a time. After you get off the ride, you want to know, oh, shit, I got to get out of Tomorrowland and go to Fantasyland because this is where I'm going. I don't want to be sit there and pull the side and then like, oh, which way do I go? Oh, wait, I smell a churro. I want to go there. No. Yeah. Figure out so, what you want to do before it's time to do it. So because, yeah, it's really expensive to go and you got to know what you want to do. OK, so let's start here because I actually think this is a really good entry point for this because – There is something with Disney now and Disney specifically where it is so designed where you have to like have a level of knowledge to even enter the park, quote unquote, correctly. Mm -hmm. Danny, you seem like somebody who knows a lot about this. Can you walk us through your like what was your experience getting into Disney? Why is this fascinating for you? Sure. Um, Well, so I'm from New York. Growing up, we would go down to Florida and go um, to Disney World like once every three years, I'd say. Um, Okay. And then I had been to Disneyland once as a kid. I now live in L.A. and have an annual pass and go quite often because you do. I do. It's great. (laughs) It's it's when I'm have I I just go and I just walk around and it's amazing. It's very fun. Um, Oh, my God. Call me next time. Yeah, for sure. Let's go. Um, But I grew up going and it wasn't until I was about like 12 or 13 when I was like, oh, middle school sucks. This is awesome. Um, yeah, uh-huh. there, there are kid parts of it, but there's also like, they care about, it's, it's all a story. The outside world doesn't exist here. This is just like an escape. And most importantly, I fell in love with the kind of science behind it all of how the parks were built and how the rides were made. And I wanted to be an totally. Imagineer growing up and, yeah. and I went to school, like I applied to colleges as like, I'm going to study engineering and do theater. That never panned out, but that was what I said as a 17-year-old in high school um, because of, like, I want to – and still to this day, if I'm ever offered a job to be an Imagineer, I would love to, you know, write the show, write the ride for any of that stuff. Yeah. The the way that this place is flushed out is honestly um, impressive. Just the the amount of detail that they've been able to put into Disney is – I agree that it is its its own world. And -hmm. they do make it an experience for everyone, even down to their movies, like rewatching them, uh, classics that I loved growing up. Now as like an adult, I'm like, oh, I can still appreciate themes. I can appreciate some of the other jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they necessarily go as far as like Shrek does with the amount of (laughs) – um, <laughs> yeah, Shrek's in its own paper. category for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I, I agree that it's very, very. The world building is very yeah detailed. And someone recently pointed out to me the the feeling of, you know, when you're a kid and you see any of these movies, you see Mulan, you see The Little Mermaid, any or any of these movies for the first time, you have this sense of wonder, this this enjoyment, and you rewatch the mm-hmm. movies and you still have that, but you don't get that you know first feeling again. With theme parks, they update their rides and there are new rides and you can only go on at once because of how long the wait is and you don't know how it's done. You kind of have that euphoric, oh my God, that sense of wonder that you had as a kid again, that you're like, oh my God, I, I could never do this anywhere else and I've only get to do this mm. once in 
a blue moon, you know? Yeah, I'm right there with you with the intrigue and imagineering. I wasn't, like, drawn to pursue it, but I really, like, there's a couple of, like, docu-series and different, like, behind-the-scenes stuff on, like, Disney Plus or whatever. I've like the the machinations. Yeah. yeah, all of that I find fascinating. There's a really good docu-series. This is different, but similar. There's a docu-series about the making of Frozen 2 that I <laughs> love. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. It is amazing. It is amazing. Yes. It got me through that part of the pandemic when it came out. Yeah. I was on the floor. I was like, this is the greatest thing to come out of my life in, in early 2021. Yeah. Totally. And as three people who are very, like, driven towards entertainment, it was such a nice, like, behind the scenes of the whole process for me. I was like, oh, I get it. I'm in it. I know yeah. what they're talking about. It felt really engaging. Oh, it yeah. was great. Highly recommend that. I think I tweeted about that back in the day and I said, like, there is nothing greater in the world right now than Into <laughs> the Unknown, the making of Frozen 2. The making of Frozen 2. Yeah. Colon. Yeah. Call, yeah, Four I watched like it for goals. no reason. I like watching um, whenever they post any like – so for the DVDs, for like Tarzan and mm. maybe Brother Bear on the DVD version mm. of it, there would be on the menu an option to like behind the scenes or making of or deleted scenes. Oh, and being able to see the them. sketches of deleted scenes. Oh, so good. I love so that fun. shit. Yeah. I love behind the scenes culture. I love blooper culture. Oh. Yes. Ooh. Ugh. Bugs. Oh, I will say I mm, and here's I think this is where we differ, Alexi. I love bloopers. I hate animated bloopers like the bloopers that they do at the end of um, oh, Monsters, yeah, they, Inc. Yeah, they, I hilarious. hate that shit. They're so like, scripted. It's not happening. Yeah, it's so annoying. It's fabricated. I think I, <laughs> I I at the time, though, when you're a kid, you were like, oh, my God, the monsters mess up. And that's that was great because <laughs> I still was remember. Mike made a oopsie. No. Yeah. When Mike was like, I was seven ahead. years old being like, this is a fraud. Oh, no. When Mike <laughs> tells Boo to go throw up, you're like, he said throw up, not grow up. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. And it, it still is. It still hits. It still hits. Sorry. I, and also – We'll say, like, on the record right now, Brother Bear is one of the saddest movies out there for no reason. Oh, yeah. Brother Bear is very sad. Brother oh, yeah. Bear yeah. is up there with Lion King of, of sadness. I think Brother Bear is even more sad than Lion King just because, like, of how many people yeah. have died. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> or not people, but, like, spirits, I guess, die. Sure, and then sure, sure, sure. Have to become like wanderers, but I guess to some people death isn't sad. Yeah. Um, especially like in Brother Bear, it's kind of painted as like you pass on to another form and not mm. necessarily are dead. Mm. And that brings me to my next point: is that I recently listened to a podcast of No One Dies at Disney, which yes, is a little more. I love the idea. I think it's just like they like it was this Urban Legends podcast with Snitchery and Lowy, um, and they're essentially just talking about the idea that. People do have medical emergencies at Disney, but when they are dead or they are, like they pronounce they them dead off the scene. Yeah, exactly. They they'll bring them completely out of uh, out of the property and then pronounce them dead. Though there was one, what's it called? There was one case where uh, an alligator may or may not have killed a kid. Oh, in, eaten the child? Yeah. Yes, I saw yeah, this. That that did happen. But other than that, almost every other time there, um, yeah, they they do. There's a lot of there's a lot of Disney lore like that. That's very true. That's like yeah, they'll pronounce people yeah. dead off site, um, things like that. Um, 
there's I think there's two sides of like the Disney machine that I think both like intrigue me and scare me a little bit. And mm-hmm. there is that like the, like the business side of things like that, where it like the underground tunnels and the employee systems and awesome. taking yeah. people off the property to die. Yeah, that I am very curious about. There's a the other side of this that I find equally intriguing. That's like the people who devote their lives to mastering the best way to do these parks and yeah. like people who make careers out of like budgeting and planning your trips and knowing all the fast pass systems and like the, the, the almost like capitalistic Disney adults. Yeah. It, I, that's its own thing too. I, and I, I feel like I'm almost there if I cared a little more and wanted to do that, I could start a small business yeah. to, to do that. But, um, yeah, yeah. And I guess back to the original question of like the best yes. way to go about things. Um, first of all is is Disney's not a vacation, it's a trip. It is you are there to work. It is not okay. you're interesting. Gonna, you're gonna have a good time, but don't mosey in after nine AM. You gotta get there at park <laughs> opening. If you wanna beat the lines, if you wanna have the most amount of fun, you are not sleeping a ton you are getting up early you are going to and depending on which park which city you're in which you know Mm -hmm. ride is is not under construction you know you got to figure it out you know back in the day in florida you know going to epcot you know run to soren while you get a fast pass for test track you know or things change or run in the morning get ready to do morning space mountain because that's when the lines are short um, mm. things like that. As far as order to go, I mean, you can start anywhere. Um, I personally, at least in Florida, though I haven't been to Florida in a few years, would always start in Tomorrowland and just work and then just go counterclockwise and just kind of not keep going through the center of the park because it's really crowded. I would just kind of weave my way through mm. the outside of the park to try to hit the bigger rides and, and that way. I think when I went to Disney, the thing that captured my eyes the most, or maybe it was even my ears, and people talk about this like with Naruto, and how things are so underscored, and you don't even realize until like you, someone plays the music, and you're like, oh my gosh, this makes me think like a fight is coming, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So with Disney, mm-hmm. when they set the atmosphere in different um, different parts of the park, yeah. it does strike a chord. I, I remember like when we first walked, my first time walking into California Disney, they played like the Toy Story um, yeah. music, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you got a friend in me. This yep. is gonna be this is gonna be a good day. No yep. matter like if I'm sitting standing in these lines and I'm hot, and the last time we ate was pizza two hours ago, and it's sitting a little weird on my stomach. Mm-hmm. I'm so mm-hmm. happy. Like the atmosphere, it's it's provide the music is is uplifting me. Oh yeah, and then they. The- do you know where else they do that? They do that at um, High Point University in High Point, North Carolina, where my sister went to college. They have a series of speakers that are disguised within the trees all around mm. campus, and they'll play different music depending on what like academic building you're near. Jesus. Oh my god, that's that's intense. worse. It's a spa that's disguised as a school. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's, that's, what it like. <laughs> that's like you're happy to be here. You yeah. love being here. Yeah. yeah. You go Here's to some class, classical music. Easy. Enjoy class. Activate yeah. your learning. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the, the music's a great part of it because they, they, yeah, because it's part of the whole sensory being there. They mm-hmm. pump in smells for mm-hmm. 
things they for on different rides and when you get off rides and and things like that that's just supposed to be the themed vibe if you're in you know the one out here in the in, where it's Pixar themed on the pier it's like very much like fresh you know there's like water fountains and and stuff so it's has that like California feel and and there's a mm. on on the Incredibles roller coaster there's a part where you go through and like Jack Jack is eating cookies and they pump in the smell of cookies on the ride and you get off oh and there's God. a cookie stand right next to the end of the ride. Oh my God. Just to make some extra change. Okay. That's the other thing is that like, so, um, and my growing up, my, my family made it a point to always hit amusement parks, especially if we were like driving from like mm. Texas back to Iowa, we would definitely mm-hmm. hit a, uh, an amusement park in Kansas or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very familiar with like thrill rides and that was my other um, problem with Disney's that I was like, there's not enough thrill rides. I want to like scream on a ride. I don't want to just have fun. I don't want an experience. I want to be afraid of the drop. Coming that's fair. Next. I that, I respect that, and that's I think that's because overall they're more story based and more family oriented, mm-hmm. and like that's just mm-hmm. where they stand. Though I will say the international parks are. Uh, have some more intense stuff. I, I did go to Disneyland Paris and they do have like two roller coasters Whoa. with Danny's loops. destinations. Danny's <laughs> I had, well, that was, I went after that, but yes, yes. Danny's destinations. Um, do you have a favorite part like Disney park? I mean, D- Disney world, Walt Disney world as it's officially called in Orlando is, oh, is, uh, go off, go off is uh, the best. It is, it is, 40 something square miles. It's two, it's twice the size of the Island of Manhattan. There's four parks, two water parks, 20 something hotels, golf course. There's literally everything. Like you have to make an effort to get out of a Mickey mouse shaped (laughs) street sign, you know, like that Mm -hmm. is like fully diving in. Um, I've, I've been to now Disneyland more because I live here, but, um, it's a lot smaller. Um, it is cool and original, and and the, the original, but Florida is definitely the best. Um, and Paris is cool too because it's it's different and everyone is a little fancier, but um, it's great. Um, but definitely, <laughs> I'm gonna say Mickey Orlando. Mouse with a mustache in Paris. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Monsieur Mouse. Yeah, all the care. Everyone is just chain smoking. <laughs> you have piglet, oh, yeah. just like raspy voice, like. Yeah. Welcome to Disney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've only been to Disney World. I've only been to the Florida one. And nice. I've only I've been a few times. We went a few times when I was a kid. I want to say not more than 3. You got to go for like multiple days because of how much there is to do there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the last time I was there was um March 2020. Still I was time. there on March 10th right as COVID was hitting. Yeah, so you probably and we definitely all got had COVID. a little sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You um, definitely caught on top of like the third ride, yeah. Yeah. The the Oh, guaranteed. The main difference I see in in the two US parks is that the California the, the, this one is um Disneyland is way more of a local park. So many Angelinos here, a lot of families, but like it's very much like a day you drive if you're within a three hour driving distance you can get up early oh, drive in spend the day and go home whereas orlando nobody lives in orlando like the city exists because of disney and and yeah. and you tr- travel there and stay at a hotel there 
and you have there's four parks, you're going to go to at least two, if not three or more. So it becomes this entire like week long thing, especially when, you know, you're going, you know, when you're kids, you're going for the first time when you have an actual memory, you know. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. my parents refused to take us before we were like double digits because they were like, "We're not gonna take you if you don't remember." There's no point in yeah, going. That's but I know so many people um, who went when they're like three or four and have pictures. Um, yeah, but it's like, oh, I don't remember. I were, I remember. I have I have memories from when I was five, when I went, and that was, mm-hmm. and, and I went when I was two apparently and I have no recollection but I have yeah I do have memories when I was five but the first real memories I have when I was when I was eight and yeah I would say I would say seven eight is like a perfect time because also you have the pace you for the sake of the parents I'm not having a stroller for my seven year old I don't have to I, I don't have would to. rather die yeah, than bring I, a stroller to a Disney location yeah, wow yeah. stroller uh carrying the kid changing the kid uh, like any of that kind of stuff i just want to go with a you know some a, a kid who's yeah they'll throw a fit once but i can deal with that but beyond that like no i i need them to be able to you know do simple math and and yes. that's the that's the qualifier <laughs> you need to pass first grade math and then i can take them Everybody at the gates of Disney has to do simple addition. Yeah, to yeah, get in. that's it. Yeah. The only math I want to do at an amusement park is am I tall enough? Like yeah. Once I got tall enough to ride all the rides, I was free falling. Oh my god! Down I the was, drops. I, I I think I only became tall enough like a week ago. So. Oh, um, congratulations, congrats, <laughs> Thank dude! You. Thank you. He's going yeah. back yes. to all the parks. Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. That's why I, yeah, I keep going and I keep checking and they're like, no, you're still not 48 inches. This is what irks me about like the Disney park experience is what we're touching on here where it's like you have to if you're bringing your family to Disney for the first time, you have to do so much research ahead of time to be able to understand adequately how to get like a bare minimum experience out of it. And that's what I find really frustrating about like the Disney parks experience. Yeah, I get that. That, I mean, I I think that's, that's part of the experience and that's why, especially if you're going to Florida, it's not something you do that, especially with a whole family, it's not something you do all the time, but something, Mm -hmm you know, balance it out. This vacation, we're doing this next vacation. We're sitting on a beach and, you know, here's a a shovel and a bucket on a beach and do nothing for a a few days. (laughs) Sure. You need to balance that out. Yeah. I like the safety of, um, Disney and like universal, just established amusement parks because I've been to so many sketchy ones Mm -hmm. that it's like, is this ride going to hold us? Is this going to be okay? Like if my kid gets lost, am I going to be able to find them type of, um, energy? And because Disney just creates such a, such an environment safe, even in like the idea of letting people who are Disney adults being able to like yeah, engage in like when wearing full costume or not costumes because you can't dress up as mm-hmm. um, the characters, which is so funny. It is it, very funny. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> like, I love that it's a problem that they had to solve. <laughs> they were and and they did it. Like the the efficiency yeah. of it is, is really impressive, which is why I'm so interested in the fact that no one dies at Disney or any like there's they're like they are working so hard to have no negative connotations with their brand mm-hmm. that like 
to the, the to the details of having a, a pump and smell because it's like when I think of amusement parks the first thing I think is asphalt I just smell the like mm. the the pavement and the mechanics and the oil of the the roller coasters but when I think of Disney I do think of like oh my gosh uh, they had this um what is the name of the Toy Story restaurant with that they had the pizza from we ate pizza there, planet like, yeah, we ate there several times because my brother loved the pizza, but mm-hmm. it was just like that's what I think of when I think of Disney. I think of just the smells of yeah, and it, it's the popcorn, the churros, whatever, wherever you're passing, they, they're pumping yeah. in smells just because yeah. I and and growing up, you know, I had a we had a really janky little amusement park locally that I had that same feeling you had, or in I, I went to a summer camp in Maine for most of my childhood, and there was. Uh, Fun Town Splash Town was our uh, um, amusement park, which Hell I yeah. loved, and it was amazing. It smelled, but it smelled exactly like asphalt, and like that yeah. was the summer smell was like, yes, and, and the water, and like there's a flume ride, but it just smells like so much chlorine because there's so much pee everywhere that like that was yeah. the smell. Whereas like no, everything somehow Disney's a step ahead of of everybody. And, yeah, which and, is insane. To yeah, me. and you and and that's kind of cool. It's like, oh, you are kind of getting what you're paying for compared to you know you're still throwing down money for a different amusement park, and it's just like, no, wait up, wait in a straight line for forty minutes to get on this awesome yeah. roller coaster, but it just smells ridiculous, and you also see like for you know like all these cars and and uh, there was a graveyard next to one of the big rides at, at my uh camps uh by one oh of the god. water rides oh my god and we would we would we would always joke that obviously the joke was that you know people who died on the ride would go there and i kept saying that it was also the founders of Funtown splash town <laughs> william p fun and charles d splash um, yeah. that were buried there. But yeah, it was just like ridiculous that you see, you know, and then it's like, oh yeah. Imagine when you're being up- at a funeral and there's a roller coaster in the yeah. background as you're trying yeah. to lay your loved one to rest. Oy, 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 oy. Yeah, I think, and not, <laughs> not to keep, not to keep being morbid, but the, the, um, we had an amusement, we have an amusement park in my, um, home state Iowa called Adventureland that like everyone goes to but we would go every summer growing up and Mm. I never like heard anything bad about it until I got older and the rides just started getting a little a little jankier I think um you knew like the dragon was gonna whip your neck around you knew the tornado (laughs) might or not might not be in Mm -hmm. service the day that you went but like genuine injuries started happening the older I got until unfortunately like someone like passed away and Mm -hmm. I was like whoa what is like what is is the our amusement parks is a specific amusement park just going down our amusement parks in general not like having fun anymore do people not want to not want to risk it yeah like what how did this get this bad type of thing yeah it's it's a I, I don't know what the threshold there is for certain theme parks but it's also the 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 care that they put into it when and sometimes they and and a lot of small parks do put a lot of care into it with food or with other things but like at, at, in terms of disney stuff they all the food is like you know besides like the walking around snack food like the actual restaurants are like actual restaurants they mm. are themed to you know you go to a beauty and the beast french restaurant you go to Wait. a seafood mm-hmm. restaurant cuz it's I don't know, fucking Finding Nemo, whatever. But like, they—it's they, all <laughs> bleak. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe not that one. But, <gasps> but um, they all oh, are no. are interconnected and to the rides, to the where they are, and the cuisine. And it's actually not terrible food. 
the yeah they just opened um i mean not just in the last few years opened a star wars area in in both parks uh and yeah i'm a huge star wars fan love it all but the food is amazing they have like this amazing spot for lunch that the, the best salads in the park and it's like hearty and filling and not that expensive and i'm like i go out of my way if i'm in disneyland to go to the star wars area just for the food so here's my star wars story when i was there pre-covid Mm. I have never seen a Star Wars. I just have not engaged with it. The franchise missed me entirely. Um, haven't engaged with the Star Wars. The my friends that I was with really War. wanted to go to the <laughs> the new one, the the big ride, the like immersive yeah. Yeah. thing that came out. And so I was dragged there at like four a.m to be one of the first people in line so that we could go. And then as we were standing in a physical line, we had to try to get the tickets Into on a digital one. line yeah, yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. And all of my friends were losing their goddamn minds. I was the one who got us the tickets. My phone went through. She won the Star Wars. And so we went and it was a lot of fun. It was a cool ride. I just didn't, I, I was able to engage with it as much as I was able to, you know, like I yeah, understood yeah, sure. what was happening, but it, like I thought from like a technology and storytelling standpoint, it was really interesting. Yeah. But I just it so, didn't hit as deep as if maybe I was a fan. That's fair. That's totally fair. The the new that new ride um, is a two hundred fifty million dollar ride. It's like the yeah, like they put that much money into yeah. it and it shows if you go on it, it's like basically three rides in one and you don't know it until you're in the middle of it. And I took my roommate, um, because he knows I'm a Disney fan and, and he's like, we haven't had the chance to go together. Let's go. And we had the time. So we went and he, again, also has not seen a star war. Um, though <laughs> he, or, or he saw the beginning of a war and fell asleep. But, um, all this Whoa. to say is <laughs> we go in and we're waiting in line yeah. and, and he's like, Oh, and we had, it had actually like broken down earlier in the day and just reopened. So we had, and they have since gotten rid of that virtual queue idea. Um, so oh, okay. we just walked right on basically, and which never happens. And oh. we were in there and he was just like, is Darth Vader here? And I was like, no, Noah, please stop. And he was like, and then BB-8 <laughs> rolls out and he, he goes, who's that? I go, that's BB-8. Please stop talking. The fate of the galaxy is on our shoulders right now. Um, <laughs> and we go and he knows nothing about it. And I play dumb for the, you know, experience of it. And, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, you get captured and all this kind of stuff. And the look on his face, I've never seen him so genuinely like, just like guffaw, just so starstruck by like <laughs> awestruck, I guess not starstruck, but by what he was well. seeing. And yeah, I guess star Wars struck. There it is. And, uh, there you go. he, afterwards got off the ride which is like that was the greatest theme park experience i've ever oh. had and i was like and you yeah. know nothing about star wars he goes nothing i have no connection to it but boy was that a fun 40 minutes yeah i feel similarly i was very anxious in the the middle part of the ride where they capture you and the um the guys in the white suits yeah oh my god what are they not, called? oh my god stormtroopers, stormtroopers? come on stormtroopers. thank you so they, when they like interact with you, I was so scared of them like coming up to me because I didn't know shit. Yeah, and I was like, I am, 
I'm an improviser. I will meet the scene. I promise. But I am not the right person for this. There's somebody (laughs) else who would get a lot more enjoyment out of being interacted with. And so I was doing, I was like trying to avoid eye contact and really Mm -hmm. shut off my body language. Yeah. Thank God they skipped me. I was really nervous. They read your body language. Yeah. That's, yes. That must have been Stormtroopers are nothing if not. Oh, my. I don't even remember what movie it was, which which Star Wars movie it was. But the one where, like, they're walking through this hallway in this ship and the door raises. But one of the Stormtroopers hits their, like, the background. Oh, act, that's like, the first one. On the- yeah, that's the yeah. original one. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Yeah, because that was the that, only like- good take they had of that. Yeah. It yeah, was like, you know what? It's I don't care anymore. It's still in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, Gerald hit his head on the thing. It's we're going with it. It's fine. It's staying in the final cut. Yeah, um, but that's the thing. Like this is the new ride, and they keep innovating the technology of of every ride. So mm-hmm. like the next new ride is a new thing. There's no more tracks. That's all computer based. It's all like so. It's just like all these new things, or they're redoing a ride or retheming a ride, and then they update them with some sort of new technolo- technological advance that you're like, oh. I did not know this possible. I'm having so much fun and I'm an adult. Danny, are you familiar with Defunct Land? Yeah, yeah, I am. I really like those video essays. And as somebody, Defunct Land, Alexi, it's a YouTube channel that I think you would enjoy. Like the word defunct and then the word land put together. Mm-hmm. And they do these like 30 minute oh. video essays that are often about like theme park, most of the time Disney. And it's like all these things yeah. that I just like didn't know about. And so like I just watched one while I was cooking dinner last night about the like history of a teen club that Disney tried to do in Disney World. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was like a very short lived like teen dancing area. Was it Disney Quest? Was that what it was called? No, that's a different one. Oh, oh, that okay. Was, oh, it, was, it was like Disneyopolis or something or like something. Yeah. yeah. Vid- Videopolis. Videopolis. That's what it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Videopolis. Yeah. And they had like a full lawsuit because Disney, like within the, the property of Disney at this time in the 90s, it was illegal for same sex people to dance with each other. Uh-huh. There was like up until the 50s, it was illegal to dance at Disney. It was very mm-hmm. footloose. And so then they... They modified that after the 50s, and then it was only same-sex people couldn't dance together, and these two boys were trying to dance together and then sued Disney for, like, discrimination. Did they win? And it was crazy. Uh, Yeah, but the Disney lawyers were like, okay, that lawsuit means those two specific boys are able to dance with each other at Videopolis. That does not apply for every same-sex couple. Amazing. Disney was like, never again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last time when everyone's a lawsuit against us. Then they shut down the whole teen area. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really intrigued by those video essays because it's all these things I just didn't really know about and all the like complex history of Disney. And I watched their one about um, the fast pass system. I wanted to get your take on it. I love the fast pass. Yeah, the the fast pass system was great. They completely fucked it up. Um, mm. They, what it used to be was, you know, you take your ticket, put it in a machine, and it gives you a fast pass for a time frame. You know, you go at at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. when you get in the park, you get it. Oh, come back between eleven fifteen and twelve fifteen. But they'd always let you come back after that. You know, anytime after eleven fifteen, basically. That was great. You can get three at a time, I think, and then, um, mm-hmm. or maybe it was you get one, and then and then once that first time marker hits, you can get another one. 
you know, obviously it was a paper system and it was the early 2000s, like, you know, they could update it. Now it's, it's a pay to play system and it's a reservation based system and it's also not that much faster. Um, I have, I've been on the standby queues almost exclusively and they're, they move, the, the lines do move pretty, you know, decently well, but, um, I mean, I always took advantage of the fast pass when it was free and when it was that old system, mm-hmm. they changed it in the probably like 2013, 14 era when they were like, let's, we have an app, but the app sucked and it was all reservation based. So then you had to end up doing it at kiosks and that was fine. Cause the, the, the benefit was like, Oh, do a few at a time. And, um, yeah, but like, it's great to do a fast pass. Cause when you, when you could, and it worked, you'd walk right on. But now it's like $15 per ride to do it. God, really? Yeah, and you have to do it all through the app, which, I mean, that makes sense. But it's it's just a ridiculous thing. But if you just kind of know time management skills, but also just know how the the (laughs) operation of the – and this – and then to both your points of like you need to know how things work for to to take advantage of it or you need to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. For example, all the kids' rides go during – a parade or fireworks because the kids are watching the parade, um, or go oh, after, interesting. Yeah, or go after eight thirty. The park usually is open till close to midnight. You know, go when the kids are gone. So there's no, you know, Peter Pan is always a fun ride and it always has a long line, but you don't go at at ten a.m. when the kids are like having their second breakfast and have all the energy, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and then but yeah, get up early. And hit a big thrill ride early during the lunch lull, you know, the 12 to 2 range, go on another big ride. And then, yeah, if you've seen the fireworks or the parades or any of the shows, skip them and go to rides where more families go to um, because that's the best time to do it. Well, that brings up for me. um, uh, Yes, my my, um, when we all went me and my family members had different areas of the park that we all wanted to hit. And once we hit those, we were like, okay, now now we can do whatever. Um, because we hit those things and we did participate in fast pass culture. Um, but I was in bystander <laughs> mode since I was a, a little, uh, I was a teenager. I love being in bystander ride. mode. I know. I was like, as long as you just hand me the fast pass and I'll walk to the ride. Um, oh, you yeah. tell me where to go. I'll need. do it. Um, but I guess I'm going to ask y'all when you go to amusement parks, how often do you go to like things that are not, rides like how often do you go to shows i know disney has some uh, like magic shows or something that they've got going on mm-hmm. um the amusement park at my in my home stage has some circus shows going on sometimes that we go see but do you guys ever like veer off the ride path and do something else yeah i i definitely i do. love a theatrical experience <laughs> yeah i i definitely i um definitely get off the ride attraction kind of mindset i do a lot of window shopping. Um, I, I go into a lot of the stores. Um, I do, um, I do some of the more show based things, whether it's like the Indiana Jones stunt show in Florida or like Mm -hmm. the nighttime shows are great or like, um, any of those kinds of things. If I haven't seen them, but once I usually, or I'm with someone who hasn't seen them once I've seen them, unless I love it, you know, if it's a classic and I love it, I'll go back to it. But most of the time it's a, a one and done for me, but I like to, you know, you got to mix it up, um, yeah. for every time you go. But yeah, I mean, especially at when you're in, you know, past the age of, I want to say 
23, you know, like I can't do thrill ride after thrill ride after thrill ride. I need a break uh, <laughs> just to not yeah. throw up. Your brain gets rattled around yeah. a bit. Yeah. So I'm just like, whoa, I'm out of it. I need to sit and watch, you know, like a mariachi band or something. And <laughs> yeah. So I'll do that now um, as an adult. Yeah. So my, my and, and that, yeah, as an adult, I've, I've, and being in full control of my day and not a child, um, mm-hmm. definitely do that. Also strongly encourage, you know, drinking when you're an adult in Disney. Uh, <laughs> it makes it fun. Pop a gummy. That makes it even better. Uh, that would be insane mm-hmm. at Disney. That is kind of my ritual is uh, is a gummy on my way into the park and I just have a ball and it's uh, a ton of fun. The most and magical place on earth. It is. It really is. It really <laughs> Did is. Did you guys see that Full House episode where they go to Disney and they are sitting in this the, the Indiana Jones like mm-hmm. uh, whatever experience and yeah. DJ swears that it's Steve who's playing Indiana Jones and so during the quietest part of the show she jumps up and goes Steve and everyone in the audience and on stage just looks at her. Um, I think the most unrealistic part about that is that the Disney actors would ever break. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> that's so real. That's so real. <laughs> that's good, Alexi. That's really good. <laughs> think about what you're doing. Those people are professionals, goddammit. I think they, like, have to. I think they genuinely, the way that they train them, because the, the, some videos that have been going viral recently are the ones about the, the new Finn or Flynn that they hired, Flynn Rider. Um, people mm. are obsessed over this actor. I don't know which park he's at, but he is so in character, and people are like, he's so good. They're, like, oh, taking yeah. videos of him, like, trying to get him. People are too um, horny. They are. Yeah. They really are. So, that- but I'm like... <laughs> How rigorously wasn't are they trained when they're actors? Like, that is... Sorry, this is bringing up... Wasn't there a thing in, like, the early 2010s where people were really obsessed with one of the guys who was playing Peter Pan and he, like, was oh, unsafe? Like, I like... I would believe that. I would believe that, Girls too. were, like... There was, like, one guy who was playing Peter Pan that, like, videos and pictures went... Big on Tumblr, I think that feels like the place that for makes it. sense. That makes sense. Uh. It's interesting because the whole like growing up, at least the characters meeting characters, and it still is for them for I guess a portion of it, but it was you know waiting in a line to get your autograph or mm-hmm. get your picture and meet and hug the character and move on. Now, really, post pandemic, since I've been, it's been they're in yeah. every like like Flynn and and Rapunzel or like. Anybody, I've seen you know Mary Poppins. I've seen Moana. I've seen uh, Merida. They're like just walking around, especially in Fantasyland by the kid areas. They're just walking around, and there's a cast member, you know, one of the employees, kind of hovering nearby to escort them. But they're fully, fully like off the leash. That's so interesting. Interacting with the public, and they never break character, which is you know hats off to them, especially. And there's really cute videos uh, of especially little kids because it's just like you're walking past and someone's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. that's Jasmine. I need to talk to Jasmine. And then and then Jasmine talks to you and it's – and now they're in the world as opposed to like – It's organic. As opposed to like go to this little – you know, like this room and wait here and every 20 minutes though, Goofy has to go inside because – He's sweating his body weight inside. He's overheating. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna and, pass out. Right, and then and then oh, he's immediately back out. I I bet it's the same Goofy. Um, but um, yeah, now they're a lot more are just like walking around, which feels very old Disney. Like back in our like when I've seen yeah. old footage of like 
early, early Disneyland yeah. of like the characters weird. are just there and people talking to people. That's now what it's back to, which is a very cool thing for a kid, I, I assume. When I was in, like, third grade, we went, it was, like, little but conscious. I remember we went, like, Valentine's Day, around Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And I have a very vivid memory of all the princesses coming out with their princes because it was Valentine's Day and we were celebrating love. And it was that sort of thing, I think, with my, like, clouded child memory of, like, them just being out and about and being able to, like, go up to Cinderella felt so monumental. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Goofy was my favorite character, and when I was able to go up to him, I was like, um, <laughs> I know you're not real, but I love you so much. I'm the same way. Um, <laughs> you said I, that? You're so cute. No, I did not. <laughs> I was cool even as a 12-year-old. Um, but I just found the She's article. She's not like other said, girls. <laughs> I never was. I'm worse. Um, I just found the article that um, says that, yeah, the Peter Pan performer had to leave Disney after becoming too popular. And one of the people who used to work at Disney says that they advise people to not share footage of cast members or characters online since it can cost them their jobs wow yeah oh if some because they have different people who play the same person if someone else was peter pan that day instead of the person who went viral people would get upset so that's why that person had to leave that's so crazy that is wild that's wild i will say the other cool thing though is when you see you know mickey or goofy or whomever uh and then um, if you see like Fantasmic, the nighttime show they have mm-hmm. in both places mm-hmm. at the end, they have literally every single character on a boat, like waving and dancing and singing together. And it's like, it's literally like the greatest hits of like, you're going to cry. It's the greatest hits of all Disney movies. Yeah. And it's like really heartfelt and it's Mickey saving the day against the villains. And then every single character comes out on a boat and then you're like, oh my God, I was talking to him earlier and now he's on the yeah. boat. Hey, remember me? Like that kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, though. The famous, my famous family story is how this show ends is, you know, you know, Mickey defeats, you know, the dragon, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. he goes, oh, pretty neat, huh? And then the music crescendos and boom, and it ends and with a, a load of fireworks and Mickey disappears. And it's this big crescendo. And as he goes, pretty neat, huh? Fireworks explode and beat. And my dad just yells, Oh my God, Mickey blew up. (laughs) (laughs) Was that earnest or was your dad like trying to be a wise guy? My dad, of course. No, it was fully a bit that he, but, and this was the age where, this was the age where we've seen this before and my, and it was perfect age to embarrass my brother and myself. Where That's my brother, where so we're, like, funny. we're like, what are you doing? And these kids in front of us turn around heartbroken. And my dad's response to like all the looks goes, look, there's his ear in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked they let your dad come back to the parks after that. That's that was like amazing. your band. They did, but my mother and my brother and I did not. <laughs> <laughs> we just said we can You're do this done. without you. Yeah, we can do this without you. But no, That's that is so the, uh, much fun. That was, and now I do stuff like that, which I'm now just turned into him. Oh my but, god, yeah. Mickey blew up! Yeah. I would pass out <laughs> laughing at that. I'm sorry. That's so funny. Oh yeah, it was mixed. It, it was like a. It was mostly laughs, except horror on all the kids around, and then <laughs> yes, and then like, all the parents again. were like, "Oh no, the old, the old weird man is joking." Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Ignore him. The old weird man thinks he's funny. Let yeah. him be. Yeah, yeah. The one time I got super emotional about something that happened at Disney was only recently because it was when Hallie was singing Part of Your World at, like, the, yeah. the, the castle behind her. And I don't know... Her, Chloe and Hallie are insane, first and foremost. Their voices, yeah. they're oh, all over their vocals. Amazing. But just being the Talons entire experience. Of generation. Of having, yeah, it's just the entire experience of just her, like, the the class that she's handled having this role with and the fact that everyone had, has had her back throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing her crush it, I was like, you go, girl. You are inspiring so many, like, young girls. You have no idea. Like, Nothing. the 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 footprint you are leaving on this place yeah yeah that's that stuff always gets me especially that they have those specials on tv or like and they're really well shot and and you have mm-hmm. just i mean back when i don't know 10 years ago when fucking adina menzel was singing let it go in front of the castle same thing and like it's just mm-hmm. like chills and then especially around the holidays it gets me like they have all the holiday songs and the holiday um parades and whatnot but when they had like a christmas special on Christmas Day, the parade or whatever. And then you yeah, see like the parade. Fi- yeah. And you see your favorite characters doing their thing in front of the castle. And then for some reason, Tinkerbell's there and you're like, this is so good. I love this so much. <laughs> I am my father's daughter. My dad loves yeah. parades. My dad's a big parade guy. Mm. And I, I think I've taken it on like the, the Disney Christmas parade that happens the like Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. That's always on in the background while we're cooking breakfast and yep. like getting ready to do presents or whatever. I like it, it started to seep onto my TikTok feed a little bit where mm-hmm. I'll start getting like videos of people at the Disney parades and I'll find myself just like watching all of it. Okay, hi listeners, we're back. We had to take a little intermission for Alexi to step away for a work emergency, but fear not. Lucy Porter's back on the mic. Danny Marshall's back on the mic. And like like the plane landing in the Hudson River, we are going to (laughs) land this episode. (laughs) It's not an episode of Academia if I don't mention Sully. Oh, good, good, good. Hey, pray for those geese. R-I-G. Rest in geese. Rest in geese. It worked. I landed it. It did. It perfectly. Um, Do you have any final thoughts on Disney parks and what you want people to know about them? Yeah. um, No, just to repeat is that it's – don't compare it to any other theme park, I would say, um, because Mm -hmm. they're their own thing. Yeah, they're similar to Universal, but Universal still has that – outer world vibe but yeah go in with a plan and do some research and be prepared to be on your feet and not sleep a ton because it is a trip not a vacation and you're there to maximize your thrills and not maximize your chills it's a trip not a vacation is a really good tagline for the small business that you open yes thank you thank you um yeah just venmo (laughs) me and um i'll i'll get that business going Cool. We'll drop your Venmo in the description of the episode and we'll call it a day. Perfect. That's amazing. Done. Yeah. One of us should. All right. Danny, we're going to wrap it up with our final segment called the valedictorian speech. Now, were you the valedictorian of any student body? No, no, definitely not. Uh, Thank God, because I wasn't either. Yeah. I thought I was going to give a speech at my high school graduation because my principal was kind of bullying me (laughs) and 
told me that I needed to like he came up to me at graduation was like you got something ready you're you like hinting that I was gonna win this like student leadership award that gave a speech at graduation every year and then I didn't win that award and so I have never given a speech in front of a student body. Mm, I, I haven't either. But that's okay. I should have though. I would have given a much better speech. We had too many valedictorians because Thank of you. how flawed our GPA system was. And um, they were all terrible speakers. So Wait, how- your school had multiple valedictorians? Yeah, it was this whole fucked up system where it was with, with – GPAs and stuff. And so we ended up having seven valedictorians my year because no. they all had. They each got a speech? I think, no, it ended up being one speech that they shared that they all like, they like were guided by somebody to write some sort of almost like a skit, but it was like a speech where they all, all did a little part of it, but none of them had any stage presence, personality. No, of course. Anything. It was, it was like nerds. four of yeah, four of them were full on nerds and three of them were assholes. So like they no one cared about what they had to say. God, but I think that's my hell is being made to watch bad sketch comedy at my high school graduation. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's that, purgatory for me yeah, specifically. Yeah. Especially when you're one of the funnier people in your class. Yeah. Which yeah. we both were guaranteed. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Well, okay, so we're going to take a second now and not do sketch comedy, thank God. EG. And we're going to each give a little valedictorian speech to reflect upon the stunning academic progress that we have made today on this podcast, Academia. Mm. Now, normally, Alexi and I would both give one, but since I'm riding solo, I'm going to take it away. Let's do it. Why don't die? Please. (laughs) Do you want me to intro you? Sorry. Do you want me to like, 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 <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? If you want to. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Set it up. Like, um, ladies and gentlemen, you're um, both valedictorian and student leadership award winner, Lucy Porter. Yes. Class of 2023, I stand before you today not only humbled, but honored to be a student leader and a valedictorian. We've come so far as a group. We've entered the parks. We've passed that little math test that you have to do before you enter the gates. We've navigated our way around not only this land, but all the other lands. We've learned the secrets of the establishment. We've studied, we've broken the codes of the fast pass, and we are here now prepared to tackle the park that is life. Class of 2023, I urge you to walk out into the world prepared for not only your Disney world, your Disneyland's, your Disneyland Paris, (laughs) Tokyo, even yeah you can travel you can ride and you can soar which i think is the name of a ride at disney (laughs) (laughs) you're amazing i love you (laughs) thank you i am your valedictorian lucy porter Just some some light 
quiet applause. <laughs> okay, Danny. Do you feel ready to step to the podium? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, your second valedictorian, Danny Marshall. Um, a wise man and most likely anti-Semite once said, if you can dream it, <laughs> you can do it. And that's true with, with almost anything, but most importantly, with the Disney parks. You know, mm. the class of 2023, we, we've, we've studied, we've researched, we've scrolled mindlessly in our TikToks for the best food yes. and the best ride hacks. We've downloaded um, uh, Heads Up. I didn't even get to the fact that you need to bring a backpack with a charger, with an extra pair of socks, sunscreen, hat. <sighs> Uh, um, wet wipes because the toilet paper in the park sucks. Uh, um, Honey. Um, but, you know, we've gone through it all. You know, we've grown with the height restrictions. We've, we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've, you know, we sometimes, you know, we want a fast pass, but we don't get a fast pass in life. You got to stand in that standby line every single day and take it in, taking everything in, you know, there's some characters in life that'll pop up here and there, but the most important <gasps> character is Goofy and you. <laughs> and all I'll say is that we've learned too much here to be proud of. <laughs> and take take your newfound knowledge to uh, Orlando or Anaheim or Paris or Tokyo or, or even Hong Kong and Shanghai. And Whoa! Yeah, there's more. And or on a fucking Disney cruise if you want to have a <gasps> nightmare for a week. Um which I've never done. But take your newfound knowledge, share it with your loved ones to save them time and money on their extravagant vacation and have the best trip of your life. Farewell. Beautiful. One clap, one Beautiful. Clapping. One person clapping. It's a it's a graduating class of two. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like homeschool, but we're worse. Cold valedictorians. <laughs> we don't believe in hierarchy here. No, no, none whatsoever. <laughs> Danny, this was so great. Thank you for doing this. Thanks oh for stopping gosh. by. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was a blast. Before you go, is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you on socials? What shows are you up to? Yeah, awesome. Well, you can find me at underscore Danny Marshall uh, on all socials uh, and find out all my dumb bits and all my shows there. I'm uh, I host and produce uh, a show called Writer's Block, which is uh, a monthly show we do with the Lyric Hyperion here at L.A. where we read a we have a staged reading of a pilot and then improvise an episode of that show later in its run, which is a ton of fun. And I'm LA. It's one of my favorite shows. If you're in LA while well, this is happening, get your ass to writer's block. I will likely be there. Yeah. And check it out. We, we have shows, you know, booked into the new year. So we'll, we'll keep going through the new year. But this next show is uh, Friday, December 15th at 730 p.m. And I'm also uh, producing an 
and acting in a satirical Ooh. musical called The War on Christmas, which is uh-huh. uh, going to be, uh, you know, it's about, you know, we got to save save Christmas. And it's a, a, a full musical written by Jews. And it's going to be <laughs> December 7th, 8th, and 10th at the Cat's Crawl Theater uh, here in, in L.A. as well. Great. Well, thanks so much. Um, that leaves only one thing left to say. Alexi, I love you. Lucy, I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>